Hello everyone, this is Roberta Crosley and this is the podcast Unique You. It's a podcast where we're going to talk about everything we want to know about the female universe. Period talks, holistic therapies, relationships, taboos, everything is welcome here. We are going to approach all these subjects with a curious mind, an open heart and ready to learn. Come on, let's go! Hi everyone, today we are going to chat about something that I feel it's pretty new to me, it's something I discovered not long, long ago, and it's all things about human design. And we have Kat Scraner here with us today. She is talking to us all the way from Perth. And she has this amazing talent that is telling us something that's very complicated in a way that everyone can understand. So welcome, Kat. Uh, it's a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely honored to be here. And can you tell us a bit about what do you do? What's really um, do you do as a human design specialist or consultant? I don't know exactly how, how we can call yourself. Of course, I am a human design guide and energetic business strategist. So I work with female entrepreneurs and businesswomen to help them really understand their unique energetic profile, their unique human design blueprint and leverage their blueprint and really work within their blueprint to create a business and a life that is more in alignment so that they can experience more ease and flow in their professional and their personal lives. I think this is like something that we always um, feel like we're looking for, something that really tells us uh, this is what it means to be aligned. That's what it means to be in a flow. And I think that yes. sometimes when you don't have human design or you don't have any other tools, it's, it's quite intuitive. But if you're not in touch with your intuition, you never know exactly how that guide can come. So I find so nice that we have um, many options to find which one we relate and how we can use that as a guide to be our authentical self and really bring joy to the work work we do. So I feel like this is so cool. Like I am really, really, I feel so excited to learn, learn more about human design. And uh, it is, it's a fascinating system. Yeah, it seems very complex, right? Because I don't know much from what I, I've been reading and listening. It has so many details, but at the same time, like it gives you like a bigger picture. Yes, that's right. There, There's many, many different layers and, and many aspects of your unique human design that you can start to learn about and 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 you're right it is it's very detailed there are lots of lots of moving parts but there are some very um very good places for you to start and with with anything human design related it's very much a a live experiment it's about taking the information that you learn 
and then experimenting with how you feel with that information. Some some information will resonate and for most people a lot of the information resonates when they first start to, to learn about their design and some things won't resonate as much and it's not about taking everything on as dogma um, but it's about working with what really resonates and experimenting with what you know with what makes you feel most in alignment Mm, that's nice to hear because I think sometimes we can get even a bit scared because if you're like oh this this is it that's how I I am (laughs) means I don't I can't Mm -hmm. change or do anything else so Mm -hmm. it's good that Mm -hmm. you brought that perspective as well Um, for you guys who are listening to us uh, I've met Kat in a completely different space. We were participating in, um, I think it was a business mentor program. And now that we both changed the focus of, uh, you know, the things we're working and our businesses, it feels like a lifetime away. Uh, I'm curious to know, how was your transition to human design? It's it's a really interesting story. So my background is in marketing. I have worked in marketing for just over 20 years and I spent around 14 of those years specialising in digital marketing. And I kind of very happily kind of worked in digital marketing for many, many years, obviously. And when we met, I was very much um, in that digital marketing space. I had my own business, um, very successful business, and was um, in that program that you mentioned um, to, to really kind of take that business to the next level. But I always felt that there was a little bit, there, well, a little bit or a lot, there was some resistance for me getting to that next level. And then last year, I, 2020 was, you know, it was a huge year for so many people. And for me, it was, I guess, the year that I finally woke up um, and and listened to what my body was telling me. (laughs) I think I had, um, you know, been in this career for so long and, and almost felt like, Um, some of the things and the resistance that I was feeling was just kind of normal and that it, you know, I I didn't really know what it felt like to be really passionate about my work and I kind of sometimes thought, well, maybe that's just not for me. Maybe that's something that other people experience and that I, I won't experience. And to kind of bring it all together, I had discovered human design at the end of 2019 and had my first reading delivered to me at the very beginning of 2020. So I was very much very early on in my journey um, of discovering my design and reading more about it. And I I went down the rabbit hole and really wanted to learn more and um, understand how I could really dive deeper and potentially use this within my business. And around the middle of the year, I attended two breathwork workshops. They were intensive, so kind of all-day intensive workshops. And in the second of those workshops, I I asked the universe for a sign because I had all of these signals kind of pointing me in the direction of really committing quite substantially to a career and a and and you know a future path in human design. And I really needed an answer. Um, 
And in in that breathwork workshop, I, I asked that question. And when I received the answer, I felt like I was plugged in to electricity in you know plugged into the wall I was buzzing I every I felt like all of my cells were fizzing (laughs) there was just so much energy circulating in my body in a really positive positive way Um, it felt like I was alive (laughs) again for the first time and um, that was that was that kind of turning point for me that really made me um, commit to my studies in human design and I from from that point on I really have um, really tuned into my body when I've been making those big decisions and um, obviously as I've learned more about my human design and about human design in general all of those things make total sense to me I'm a sacral manifesting generator so I am driven by my sacral center that's how I'm that's my authority it's how I make decisions it's how I'm guided on my path in this lifetime and I think for a long time I mistook the satisfaction that I got from doing a good job uh, in my work and getting good results for my clients I mistook that satisfaction for my personal satisfaction but when I was very honest with myself, I realized that the, the work that I was doing in digital marketing, it didn't light me up. It wasn't my passion. It didn't fulfill me. I was just good at it. And I was getting a lot of praise for being good at it. And I, yeah, so once I'd realized that, I was like, okay, I, I now understand that there is a very different path for me. And I feel very grateful that I've found um I guess my passion and my purpose here. Wow, I'm just thinking so many things like you, you like being so brave to walk away from something that you probably been you're building for many years and taking a chance to to really connect with yourself and follow the guidance that was coming from inside out. And what I feel as well, when we we were in that situation, we first had, uh, we, we did some journaling and stuff. And one of the guidance that I received there was to leave one of my businesses that I wasn't, I wasn't present at heart. I was purely because it was giving me, um, you know, like it was financially successful. And I felt like, how can I walk away from this opportunity? You know, rationally didn't make any sense. And then I it took me like months to digest that and to work up the courage to just say like, listen, I think this is not working out for me because I was so scared of walking away from an opportunity. And I, I also feel like I was so confused because it was all the guidance and all the things that I was receiving was quite new for me. I always like, is this is this really what I'm thinking or I'm feeling or why I'm doing this? And I was going to all this process, like doing breath works, workshops, doing energy healing workshops, doing like so many different holistic therapies. And I was just like, probably just upgrading and opening up for things that I, I couldn't like my analytical mind could not catch up with everything. And it took me like a lot of 
inner acceptance, lots of forgiveness to allow myself to continue following their guide and their guide was getting stronger and stronger. How was it for you? How was it for you to walk away everything that was known to something that was completely new? It was both exhilarating but very terrifying. <laughs> so I think... The, the, the terrifying and the challenging part of that was very much connected with my ego, um, with the, I guess, the perhaps a lot of the conditioning that I had around um, having a successful business and what a successful business looked like. Um, so there was definitely a lot of, yeah, fear and it was it was challenging to to turn my back on um a, you know a, a business that i'd built myself but also a career that i'd spent you know the majority well all of my working life in 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 kind of one area of specialty and um you know it, it's not uncommon for people to 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 change careers but i'd always really stayed in in this one area so it was very, um, that felt scary, but also because I felt so, I, I trusted this decision so deeply that, you know, where my sacral was guiding me and this opportunity to really follow this new path, those, that, that feeling was so strong, even though it was very new to me, um, you know, really trusting my gut and, and, and not knowing how it was all going to, to kind of fall into place, but just trusting that first step. Um, I trusted that so much and it was, it, I was so drawn to it that I, I just had to go with it. So um, I, I did go through a phase where, well, I, I guess a transition period where I was still working in my old business whilst I was building up my new business. So there was that transition phase, but um, ultimately it didn't feel good to me to do that old work once I'd made that decision and once I was on that new path to energetically pull myself back in to do that, that digital marketing work in my other business never felt good. So I never wanted to do it. So that made it even um, easier for me to really commit wholeheartedly to this new path to to the studies that I then did and um, I once I had tuned into you know the way that I am designed to make decisions and you know follow my gut I I could kind of think back to all of those um, uh, many many situations where I didn't follow my gut and I followed my mind and our mind is not designed to make decisions that are aligned to what our soul truly wants so it really thing things that I and, and incorrect decisions that I'd made in the past and situations that I'd then found myself in that were not good for me that were not correct for me it all started to make a lot of sense so I took a lot of comfort from that and and knowing that I was definitely on the right path but I I, I understand that confusion um, it can be very challenging because our mind um you know, our mind wants to keep us safe, but it it very, you know, our mind takes into account all of the, the conditioning that we experience and, and so many different factors where, you know, the, the correct decision for us is always with working with our energy and, and trusting what our body is telling us. Um, 
so yes, once I'd made the decision, whilst it sometimes felt a little bit scary and yeah, I had to kind of check my ego at the door, um, it actually felt very liberating and very exciting to be starting, you know, with a blank slate and starting and starting something that I was so passionate about that I couldn't wait to learn more about and really was so excited to get started on that journey. We can feel like the energy, I think, of you saying like, you know, passionate about something and really Mm. wanting and craving to learn more. And one thing that I was thinking while you're answering me as well, uh, from my perspective, I don't know much about human design, but it seems to me that also gives you um, some reassurance from for your analytical mind because if you can see on your chart that maybe this is how you should make your decisions this is how your path is you know aligned is also is also telling yourself like you know just keep calm things are going to work out in the end kind of thing does it make sense yes 100 so our human design chart will give us Um, our authority which is how we're designed to make decisions and if you have so so for me I also have um, I have an open head center which means that quite often I am you know inspired by all the things I'm searching for ideas and inspiration and I'm really kind of amplifying this energy of um, searching for ideas and inspiration so I can get inspired by a lot of different things and that can kind of pull me in many different directions but when it comes to um, making those decisions I need to follow my sacral authority which is is am I lit up by something is my gut saying hell yes or hell no and really trusting that my gut is guiding me on the correct path hmm. yeah Yeah, I guess it's lots to process and and to, um, I guess it's a new way as well to trust ourselves even more that we actually, we know. And I feel like now it's so clear to me, like, you know, when you're saying uh, doing that world work didn't didn't feel good. And I felt like I was dragging Mm. myself for months and maybe even like Mm. a year forcing myself to do that just because I said I would do it and then I would not go back to what I said but I felt it was like a punishment you know to do it yes yeah interesting how we are used to to ignore you know like how we feel to ignore um how we feel guided or you know just because sometimes we feel afraid and we feel unsure or is out of our comfort zone and then we just fall back into the same old behaviors that keep us limited and safe yes 100 percent. one thing that i find interesting as well we are both moms and um i mm-hmm. feel that you also love your work i absolutely love my work <laughs> And I say, like, sometimes, like, going to this phase that I'm now, my luteal phase on my menstrual cycle, I really want to work. So I have to make a conscious effort to mother my kids during this time because I really want to work. You know, it's something really interesting that happens to me. And um, I think being a mom and nurturing and creating and giving life and love to a business as well, brings lots of challenges 
And what do you think are the main challenges to reconcile our life, our mom life, and our business? Oh, it is very challenging, and I, yeah, I absolutely am with you with loving the work that I do, and I, I do find it challenging to have that. I guess it's never going to be balanced, <laughs> but I, I think now that my, we were talking about this before, before we started, but my children are seven and five, so they are both now in full-time school, which makes the juggle a little easier for me. But I also find that as, um, so you're a generator and I am a manifesting generator. So we, we have, we share quite a lot of similarities in the way that we are built to interact with the world. So we're, we're both designed to be responding to things externally of us and allowing our sacral to kind of guide us. And when you are built to respond um, and you spend your day <laughs> responding to the needs of your children, it can very quickly deplete you. So I've really noticed that um, I, yeah, so the, the more I've kind of learned about my human design and obviously the, the design of my children, um, being aware of that energy dynamic has been really important for me and and also trying to, I mean, I think all mothers need to cut themselves a lot of slack, but um, really understanding that, if we're constantly responding to to things that we don't necessarily light us up, it does feel very depleting. It, it, it very much drains our energy. Um, and, and you're probably very similar to me in that our work, because it is such purpose-driven um, work that gives us so much joy, that regenerates <laughs> our sacral battery that gives us energy so we can't wait to dive back into work and and be kind of lit up by the things that we're doing whereas sometimes not all the time but sometimes when we are doing the mumming and doing um all of those mum activities it can feel very draining because it's 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 draining our sacral is draining our energy and our life force um that's not to say that we would never care for our children you know in the in the in a in the best possible way it just means that energetically a lot of the things that we need to do as mums deplete us and wow. <laughs> you know it's very it's a very real energetic exchange so now that i know more about that i i think i'm able to be more compassionate with myself um, I've really recognized that the reason why I love to work is because it does regenerate my energy. It gives me energy. It makes me feel very lit up. Um, and yeah, I think having a little bit more compassion for yourself really helps. I, I, I don't know, um, you know, all of the, the, um, the cycle phases, off by heart but I definitely have those phases in my energy as well and I know that you know there are times in my cycle where I am very low on energy I'm low I, I don't want to work as much I'm feeling you know kind of 
I guess it's that premenstrual kind of feeling and just feeling a little bit lower in energy. So in those times, I'll probably usually prioritise, um, you know, the things that I find that, that do bring me joy outside of work. So, you know, playing with the kids and trying to have as much fun and joy in my life as possible when I know I'm going to naturally be a bit more depleted in my energy. Um, but yeah, the, the energetic exchange from between, you know, children and mothers, um, you know, so you've, there's so many things to consider, you know, there's their energy type, there's your energy type, there's your cycle, um, all of those, all of those things. And I remember a, um, something that my mentor told me once is that you know everyone seems to be a bit obsessed with having a daily routine and having a or a morning routine and things like that um and I've always really admired people who have a morning <laughs> routine because I, I've never been able to, to to stick to something consistently and she said that that's um you know it's very masculine energy to have mm-hmm. like a, this 24 hour a, a routine that is based on a 24 hour you know clock when as women we we go with the lunar cycle. We 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 have a twenty typically a twenty eight day cycle, and I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I'm so interested in, and really, um, yeah, want to do kind of more planning around my cycle as opposed to feeling like I need to set myself up with the perfect morning routine, and that's going to make everything else feel much better in my work life or in my you know, my, my, my life and my role as a mother. Yeah. I, so what I do is I guide all my decisions and all my routines according to my cycle. So I know exactly Mm. the phases that I'm and I know clear if, even if I, if I didn't know the dates, I would know the signs. So yesterday uh, I felt like this huge to clean the car. I just dropped off kids and then I was just was vacuuming and we was like, yeah, flutel phase, here we go. And then <laughs> I got like a, like a message, oh, you're on your luteal phase. I was like, yes, for sure, because I, you know, I know the signs that I feel like that. And even yes. the activities that I choose to do with my kids, we do around that as well. Because my kids are very young, so they don't have a menstrual cycle yet. So I use myself as a guide. So mm. I know, for instance, like when I'm going uh, to have my period, I need three days to really be grounded and feel myself and get mm. the guidance and understand what I want to bring up to the next phase. And I need to rest. So if they are here at home, then my husband knows it's like is the main routines for the kids are going to be he needs to take responsibility for them and that day yes and then once i'm out of you know i feel for me i i always think of nature so when i'm out of the earth like i'm a little seed during menstruation and when i start sprouting is my follicular phase can be like on the fourth day of your menstrual cycle or even at after that so the fourth day is the days you already start having more physical energy and you're very curious and you have lots of ideas. So then I usually see what we where we can go to explore with our kids in a different place or museum or something that's going to be stimulating for me. And, you know, I'm going to feel like it's it's fun to have that yeah. kind of experience. And then ovulation, I can even do like one one date with the kids because I'm on that 
you know, focus and I'm happy to do things that are physical and play and run. And then when I go to luteal phase is the phase where for me, collaboration is the word, is the key word. So it's the phase they really need to help do things, you know, put their toys away and help with, you know, the, the house maintenance. Because I know if I have to com- uh, repeat and repeat myself, I'm going to be very irritable and very angry mm. because my patient's mm-hmm. tank is very, it's not Love. very much. Yeah. So <laughs> they know that. So they know. And one day my daughter told me, but actually how many times, um, how many times a year are you going to be menstruating? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> every month. <laughs> she was like, are you going to have to put up with you every, you know, how many times a year? <laughs> But I, I do this, you know, because I make a point because I have two girls and I want them mm. to feel this is how it is. We don't have to follow the circadian rhythm all the time. We have yeah. our infrared rhythm from mm. we, when we start menstruate, our brain changes 25%. We can't just ignore that, you know? So I feel like I have to make a point to show to them that's how this is yeah. normal. I, I don't have a problem. This is how I want to carry on. And because I also use um, the pads that you have to wash and I have the whole ritual about my menstrual blood and things like that, I can't do as much because I, you know, mm. I have these other things that I, I, com- I commit during, you know, my little rituals and things that I need to do. So I feel I could not work in a place nine to five again because it doesn't mm. work it doesn't serve me and i feel i will be you know like a bird in a little cage yes it would be really yes. tough to to go back to that and i feel you know before i would happily take some painkillers put on some makeup and go to work mm. and now i feel like no i'm mm. not going to do anything you know i'm allowing myself to really be be what i need to be during yes. the phases yes yeah, yes. I guess it's, it's, it's some progress, you know, some working in progress. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about menstrual cycle. And can you tell me a little bit, how is your relationship with your menstrual cycle and lunar cycles? It's interesting because before having children, I probably didn't really pay much attention. Like many women, I spent a few years on the contraceptive pill and I, I feel like it's only really after having kids that I that I can very clearly notice um, the changes and, and the different kind of um, cycles, you know, the, mm-hmm. the different phases of my cycle. Um, and I'm very lucky that I have a very consistent cycle um, and I, I know, I mean, I have an app that helps me track it but I know, um, you know, a couple of days before my cycle starts, I, you know, there's that, I, yeah, I, I, my body just tells me and I, and I know. So I feel like I'm much more in tune with it than I was before having kids. And I think before having children, it probably wasn't as predictable. So I'm very grateful that it is, you know, more predictable now. Um, I... But I don't have any, um, I, I guess in terms of the lunar cycles, I don't think I'm as tuned into that as I 
could be. So it's definitely it's definitely an area of of curiosity for me in terms of how they kind of they they, they sync up and um yeah. So I'm kind of quite in tune with my own cycle, but not so much the the lunar cycles. Yeah, I I absolutely love the lunar cycles. I even have like one one thing on my, my in my office is a lady sitting on top of the moon and one of the mm-hmm. courses I did was like a white feminine reclamation course and learning about the archetypes like the goddesses archetypes and then mm-hmm. one of the archetypes that I felt was the one I was growing more vertically was um the goddess that's related to the moon and then I feel like I was like this since I was a child very curious about the moon very curious to know the things and I feel like now you know everything is falling into place that how how it makes sense and uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like even my husband now is paying attention to the lunar cycle and Uh it's so funny because he's so skeptical about everything but mm. I feel like when it's full moon, I see my kids, they have like, especially my little one, she has like a restless sleep. And so mm-hmm. then usually it's like it's around the full moon. And I felt this new moon was quite a strong new moon because it's a new moon in Aries. And I feel like we are talking today. Today is the moon in Taurus. So we are really putting our feet on the floor and start, you know, to feel like this is what we're doing to build up things. So I feel like I check every day the moon. Where is the moon? What's happened to the moon? You know, because I feel it helps me to decide as well how I'm going to to do things for that day or how to plan. (laughs) So it's something I'm very attentive. And more recently, I'm studying how the phases of the moon, not only the moon changes, but the, the places where the moon is, like the planets and the mm-hmm. astrological house, how they are impacting our menstrual cycle. So this is the next phase for me. It's kind of connecting the, connecting the dots with the sign, the signs and all this astrological thing. And Amazing. one of the things I was listening about human design that caught my attention was about reflectors. And mm-hmm. something related to the lunar cycle, right? So can you can you walk us into yes. the different designs? Yes. Um, so we'll start with reflectors because they they are the most rare human design type. And they have so there are nine centers in the body, and a ref, uh, you can have a defined center, which means that you have um, consistent access to the energetic traits of that centre and each of the centres has different traits and if you have that centre open or undefined you have inconsistent access to the energetic traits of that particular centre. Now when you have a centre undefined and um, it means that you know you've got this inconsistent access to that energy but also you're able to pick up and amplify the energy Um, of that center from the people around you so if they have that center defined you can be amplifying this energy now with a reflector they're less than one percent of the population so very very rare and they have all of their nine centers open or undefined so that means that they are constantly reflecting and amplifying the energy from the people around them or the environment that they are in. 
Now, each of the energy types has a strategy and then there are, so there are five energy types, so five strategies, <clears throat> excuse me, and then there is authority. Now, with a reflector, we call them lunar types. And this is because, because they have no consistent energy of their own, they're not generating any consistent access to energy of their own, they're really, you know, kind of borrowing energy and reflecting energy and amplifying the energy around them. They're very sensitive to the lunar cycle. So whereas a, a generator is built to respond to things externally of themselves, a reflector is designed to really um, move move in line with the with the lunar with the lunar cycle. So when it comes to the authority, which is how um, a how we make our decisions in human design, a reflector being a lunar type is um, the authority is to to wait a lunar cycle or to wait 28 days. So for any huge decisions that a reflector needs to, to make, they need to wait a full 28 days to see how their energy is impacted by the lunar cycle. So obviously for smaller decisions that can that can logistically be a bit challenging. So what we recommend for reflectors is that they track their lunar cycle so that they know where the moon is and how that affects their individual energy because they will be affected by it. So they'll be affected by the people around them, their environment, but they are also very heavily impacted by the lunar cycle, the position of the moon and where it is. So for a reflector, it's very helpful for them to be tracking that lunar cycle so that they know when they are so if it's a new moon or a full moon you know is their energy up is it down like where where are they kind of sitting on that energetic scale so yeah the reflectors are, are very rare but um it very much helps if they are tuned in and actively tracking and understanding how the lunar cycle affects them um the next I guess least common type is a projector. So a projector, um, there are five different types of projectors. So there's many different kind of combinations of defined and undefined centers that can make a projector. But essentially my a projector are, is... A, my sorry? Two, my two girls are projectors. Are they? Yeah. So interesting. Okay. So projectors are, um, they see things very deeply. They hold a lot of wisdom. They're around 20% of the population. And they um, are typically what we would classify along with a reflector as being a non-energy being. So they typically don't, so, so they, they may be an energy project, projector, so they will have some of their um, what we call motor centres defined. Um, but very commonly, projectors are not, they're, they're the, an energy type that is not here to exchange time for money, essentially. Their, their output is very, very um, kind of specialised. They tend to be people who, um, because they've, they've got this ability to really see things, they see patterns, they see um, trends and they see these opportunities for efficiencies. So they're, they're very good at guiding creative energy. They're very good at guiding people um, and, and really kind of developing 
frameworks almost um, so that, you know, other people can then leverage those frameworks. So they're, they're very much guiders of energy. So being non-energy beings, they are not designed to work a traditional nine-to-five role. They don't have consistent access to um, the sacral energy that a generator or a manifesting generator has. So it'll be really important for you when you're supporting your girls to understand that they, they, they're not going to be able to just go, go, go. They, they may feel like they need more rest. Um, and typically, it de- depends on, on their, their, their physical chart, but, um, you know, most, most projectors are best suited to kind of really focused, shorter bursts of work and not really designed to be nine to five, push, push, push. They really need to um, absorb, uh, observe their, their need for rest and, and very much honour that need for rest. They're not designed to push and get things done like a generator or a manifesting generator. <laughs> I guess. So that'll be interesting for you. <laughs> You're like both myself, my husband are generators, so we're here to work mm-hmm. for them to work less. Yes. yes, 100%, 100%. And human design is such a gift in terms of how we're able to support our children and really understand their uniqueness and how we can best support them to be making decisions. So with the projector, um, their their strategy is to wait for an invitation. So as generators and, and as generator parents, what you can really do is, is really recognise the girls for, you know, the, the talents that they have, the skills that they have, their gifts. A projector really needs to be recognised and, and invited to share their wisdom, to share all of this amazing knowledge that they have about various different things and as the girls kind of develop this will become you know more apparent but um yeah the 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 projector strategy is to wait for the invitation so they need to be recognized first they need to recognize their own talents their own skills and amazing gifts which helps other people then recognize that so if if you are a projector kind of who who is an adult and um particularly if you have your own business you, you, projectors need to be very um, careful about offering unsolicited advice. So again, they need to be recognised first. They need to be invited to share their wisdom, to share their advice. And that really protects their energy from working with people who don't value and see, um, see their gifts and their talents. Wow. So that's projectors. Um Manifestors are around 9% of the population and manifestors are, um, their aura is described as being kind of quite bold and repelling. So a, a manifestor um, is usually quite a big personality. They, they're quite polarising. They can kind of work in, you know, walk into a room and people are either really drawn to them and hang on their every word or they're very much repelled by them. So they... <laughs> A manifesto tends to be, um, you know, the people, the people in the collective who lead us in very bold and new, new directions, because the manifesto strategy is to initiate and inform. So basically, they're the ones who come up with these wild and what, well, what appears to the rest of the collective as wild and crazy ideas that really shift the needle, that really move us in new directions, and they are here to be the leaders 
They're here to be bold. They're here to be unapologetic. They are here to tell us what's happening and then leave the rest of the collective to kind of figure out how it's all going to work. So basically, manifestors are, um, I, I find them absolutely fascinating. I think they're such a, I mean, all of the energy types have their own, you know, quirks and amazing, you know, amazing um, attributes. But a, a manifestor who is very in their, very in alignment is, absolutely a joy to behold because they're very unapologetic they're very inspirational but they're also yeah like I said they can be quite polarizing types so for a manifester they need to kind of um, they initiate the ideas they need to be very tuned into their intuition they need to they, they don't respond to things externally of them they it's all from from in, inside they need to have a lot of trust and bravery that these wild and crazy ideas that they have are um you know they they need to be bold and brave to kind of share those ideas with the collective um yeah so an amazing energy type there and then we get into our generators and our manifesting generators and so collectively we make up around 75 percent of the population so we are you know more the doers of the collective um generators your energy type generators are here um they're here to be the work, they're, they're sometimes described as the workhorses of the collective, but they're only here to do the things that light them up. So they're built to respond um, and that they're very much driven by that sacral response. And the sacral really shows you what you're excited by, what you're energized by, the work that you're here to do. Typically, generators will um, be masters of their craft. They will they will very much kind of specialize in one thing. They they want to be the go to. They're very comfortable kind of niching and being a specialist in a particular area. And they really love to master that craft that just lights them up and brings them so much joy and passion. So built to respond, and responding is responding to things externally of you. Um, so that's how a, a generator really stays kind of in alignment. And then there's the manifesting generator, which is, I guess you could call it a hybrid type between a manifester and a generator. Um, so around 30% or 30 to 35% of the population are, are manifesting generators. So we, 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 we take from both of those energy types um, as a manifesting generator, I am designed to respond, but also inform. So the difference between a generator and a manifesting generator is typically that whilst a generator will go very deep and really master that craft that lights them up and, um, you know, is, is able to stay committed to, to, you know, to one area of expertise because it it really just lights them up. Manifesting generators tend to be a little bit more multi-passionate, so have multiple projects on the go. We love to skip steps and kind of have, um, you know, have a lot of playful, creative projects happening at one time. Um, we tend to work very quickly and we, we get in, we do the work and then we move on. So we're, we're always kind of... Um, yeah, moving sometimes, and it, it can seem like we're always jumping around and doing different things. So for a lot of um, manifesting generators, they they can have this conditioning that 
makes them feel a little bit I'm, I'm being a bit flaky I need to stick one th- you know I need to choose one thing and stick to it and really master it and I need to I need to kind of really focus but the manifesting generator is absolutely have a drive to be multi-passionate to do multiple things and be lit up by many different opportunities and ideas so the informing part really comes in it's not about asking for permission it's just it's because manifesting generators typically work at such a fast pace that they need to keep the people around them informed, particularly if they are a business person and they have a team supporting them or just keeping their loved ones and their their family informed of, of what they're doing next because otherwise they can leave people, you know, <laughs> in the dust and they're yeah. kind of like shaking their heads going, well, hang on, what's, what's happening? happening? Yeah. What's what happening here? Happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a very quick kind of overview of all of the, the five different energy types. I just have one question about the manifesting generator that's your type, because you're saying about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. multi-passionate and so many different interests. So what would be mm-hmm. being in alignment? Would it be to voice all these passions and honor them or to choose a few? How, how does it, what does it make sense to be in alignment then? So with that strategy of responding, because, um, well, both ma- both generators and manifesting generators are very magnetic to ideas and opportunities. So that's why we, the universe really guides us through um, presenting these opportunities for our cycle to say yes or no. So thumbs up, thumbs down. So it's really that combination of using your authority and your strategy to, to really be guided as to what what is correct. So I guess an example of being multi-passionate for a a manifesting generator might be, I'll I'll use myself as an example. So I've found my passion in human design and I am very lit up and excited by all of the potential within human design. It is a huge system and there are many different applications of how I could work with that within my business, within my life. And I, so I could, at the moment, I specialize very much in working with women in business, but I'm also very interested in parenting by design and how um, high school aged children can really you know, use that better understanding of their design to make better informed decisions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I could see so many different applications of this system. There are so many different ideas within that human design umbrella that really light me up. So I work now in human design as a big umbrella and I've got multiple different opportunities and projects that I can pursue that feels really good to me. If I was a generator, I may be more drawn to just working with women in business or just working in the parenting space and really focusing and honing my craft and mastering that one specific area of human design. It doesn't need to be within human design either. So this could, I could, you know, I could be, you know, in my in my zone of genius kind of working with women in human design but also really love um, mentoring young migrant women of color in digital marketing so I could I could be multi-passionate in a, in many different ways as long as I am drawn to and follow the things that my sacral is lit up by 
It's interesting because I'm also thinking when you're talking about the manifesting generator, thinking for me, when I have these too many options and sometimes I see this is very annoying because mm-hmm. I want to focus on one and I don't like mm-hmm. when this, you know, this multi possibilities keep popping up because I feel like instead of probably recharging me, it just takes the energy away from you. me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yes. And sometimes um, you will, as a generator, because you were designed to get things done, sometimes you will take on things that don't necessarily light you up and that are not energetically correct for you, but you take them on because either you have to, because it's a family commitment or something like that, um, or you just kind of you, you take it on anyway and you you do that task or that you you know you fulfill that opportunity but it's draining you it's not giving you that energy it's actually physically draining that energy and it's making you sometimes feel a bit frustrated so we haven't talked about the themes yet but the theme the the um We've got a signature theme and a non-self theme for each of the energy types. So for a generator, your non-self theme is a feeling of frustration. Hmm. And sometimes you're going to feel frustrated because you've got this energy to get stuff done, but things aren't don't feel like they're working. And sometimes that's because you've either jumped onto an opportunity that's not quite ready to become physical just yet, or, you're, or you've jumped on, on an opportunity that's not lighting you up. Or you're still doing something that used to light you up, but it doesn't light you up anymore and something has changed and it's really draining your energy and making you very frustrated. So your non-self theme is that signal that you are out of alignment. As a generator, when you're in alignment, you should be feeling a feeling of satisfaction. Hmm. All of them make so much sense to me because when I think back, um, when I was working on the other businesses that I had, and it's mm-hmm. exactly like that, I respond. If the person mm-hmm. is thinking they're making a question, I'm already on the action, <laughs> doing mm-hmm. something without mm-hmm. even listening. I'm already mm-hmm. doing it. And the other thing is uh, when I started this new business, was something so new, not many people talk about the menstrual cycle and how this can relate to our lives and how can we work around it that I felt so frustrated because it was something that it felt to me people were not 100% ready to listen Mm. but I was ready to talk but people were not ready so I had to have this time of adjustment to feel like okay now I think I can open up a little bit more and feel yes. that that's the time. And I, I many times when I was meditating, I was getting this guidance that things were going to come yes. and th- people will be ready. So people will be ready. And because I also feel like I'm, I'm Aquarius, so I feel like I'm, you know, I'm there, but sometimes, you know, I'm there, but people are not there yet. <laughs> so yes, yes. <laughs> very frustrating. So when the, when you're feeling that frustration, instead of trying to do more things and take more action for a generator, it you need to kind of lean back and and see where you perhaps didn't respond or where you still need to respond and see, you know, are you still lit up by that thing? Did you jump straight into something without properly kind of getting the right sacral guidance? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways that um, you can kind of tackle that frustration. 
Mm. And when you're talking about the manifestors as well, one of the things that I usually... Mm -hmm. Because when you're doing some work that is for me, because now it makes sense to me, I'm a generator, so I'm not the first one who got that idea, but I'm the one who is going to maybe work in a deep way from that foundation. But it used yes. to bother me because I felt like, why, you know, like I didn't have this idea and I feel now that's not my type. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's not mm -hmm. my thing. I'm here to yeah. be take that idea further but not to be the one who is channeling the thing yes and because we um so many of the I guess the the entrepreneurial and online kind of gurus you know all tell us to go out and initiate just make things happen just do it you know you've got to you know you've got to hustle and you've got to grind and you need to you know basically initiate all the time And for a generator or a manifesting generator, if we are initiating, it's so depleting. Like it is not, it's not correct for us. And it may work in the short term, but quite often if we are initiating without, you know, instead of responding, the things that we are creating will quite often not be successful. They will fall, they might, they might fall a little bit flat or they might not hit the mark with our intended audience because we're not working in response. We are doing the manifesto strategy, which is initiating. So I think, yeah, there needs to be a little bit of um, compassion for ourselves that we, we're not necessarily the ones who are coming up with these amazing light bulb ideas but we are the ones who have the energy to actually make those ideas a reality and make them physical and make them make them our own our own i think what are the vibe i'm feeling is the one i get with the menstrual cycle as well is to feel that we can accept the changes and accept mm. that we are unique in a way that we are going to contribute in a way when is the time Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking that we need to compare ourselves and to be successful, we need to have the idea, then we have to make the idea to become something concrete and then we have to work mm -hmm. really hard and then we mm -hmm. have to market and, you know, it feels like you allow yourself to be you and to see where you fit in the big picture instead of thinking that you have to start and finish everything by yourself. Yeah. 100%. It's the ultimate permission slip to do things in a way that feels good for you. Hmm. Interesting, right? I think like it's always, um, we learn so much when we tune in to learn about us and to, mm. to figure out things. It's so interesting. Um, can you just explain to me a little bit um, what are authorities? profile and yeah. incarnation cross the incarnation cross was something that i was quite like wow this looks so different and so interesting to see if it's something that we bring from other lives mm -hmm. i I'll, i'll start with authorities profile and then incarnation cross um so our authority we've talked about a little bit so that is our unique way of making decisions that are aligned to what our soul truly desires there are seven different authorities So you can be a generator, but you can have an emotional authority or a sacral authority. So there, there is emotional authority, sacral authority, splenic authority, ego authority, self-authority, sounding board authority, or if you are a reflector, technically you have no inner authority. So again, that's the, the way to learn a cycle. So 
the authority is how we're designed to make those decisions, 95% of the population will have either an emotional authority, a sacral authority, or a splenic authority. Are you an emotional generator or a sacral uh, generator? Sacral generator. Sacral generator. Sure. So emotional, um, emotional authority is going to be about 50% of the population because 50% of the population have their emotional solar plexus defined. So emotional authority is like an, it's a mechanical emotional wave. People with an emotional authority will have um, a very kind of cyclical nature of high and low feelings. Um, it's different for everybody depending on which channels you have defined, but essentially when, it, when they need to make a decision, they need time and they need space to really feel into how a decision feels to them. And they will ride their mechanical emotional wave. They will go up, they will go down. And when they have um, emotional clarity and, and kind of neutrality, that's when they are best placed to make a decision. With a sacral authority, we are, our sacral works in the moment. It's a yes or a no or a hell yes or a hell no. Um, and our sacral will tell us, you know, every time we ask it as a question, it's going to give us a yes or no answer which is why if you are a sacral authority if people can ask you yes or no questions it's very very helpful I'm not sure if that resonates with you as a sacral generator but for me when people ask me open-ended questions I go into a tailspin but if they say do you want sushi yes or no I can answer very clearly and I feel like it's super quick I can answer like really quick yes And then the third most common authority is going to be splenic. So this will be for a splenic projector or a splenic manifester. And this is still an in-the-moment response, but it's a very quiet inner knowing. It's an in, like it's a quiet inner voice that's that's going to be telling someone with a splenic authority whether something is healthy for them, whether something is correct for them. So the spleen is the center that deals with intuition and fear. And with a splenic authority, it's very much, is this decision correct for me? Is this decision kind of healthy for me? So the way that people make decisions is called their authority. So seven different types of authority. Mm -hmm. Then profile is our personality profile. And this is the combination of two numbers. There are 12 different combinations. So there's numbers one through six, and we have two of them. So there are 12 different combinations that we can have. So this is um, on your chart, you will see the, the top um, two gates on the left and the right hand side are going to be the numbers that we, we pull in to your profile. So I am a three five. The three is the conscious line. So our personality profile is essentially the two major roles that we are here to play in this lifetime. The first line is going to be conscious. So consciously, I am a line three. And then the second line is the line five, which is unconscious. So being unconscious, the the second line is something that we may not recognize in ourselves, but it's usually what other people see in us. So I am a, a line five unconsciously. What's your profile, Roberta? Two, four. Two four. My kids are both two fours. I love two fours. So two four is um, 
there's a few different kind of terminologies when it comes to to profiles. The terminology that I use is the two is um, the natural and the four is the networker. So you're kind of this natural networker. It's often called the, um, I think it's heretic uh, opportunist. Anyway, so natural networker. So then consciously you are um, very naturally good at things, but you don't always know how you got so good at things. So you you quite often need all of your gifts and talents to be called out of you. And then unconsciously you are the networker. So very, very social, quite often um, will be kind of organising community to come together or organising family to come together or just organising people. You quite often see opportunities for people to work together um, for, for kind of like a match of resources and collaboration and things like that. So that might be more of an unconscious, you, you can still be very aware of, of that role that you play, but sometimes that's the role that other people see more clearly in you than you do. And no, then with I, that kind of... I see so clear. Yeah. So clear. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was more genetics. Like, you know, I was, <laughs> like my grandfather, and I think I had made such a point that, you know, we have mm. to get around family and community. And I thought it was just something mm-hmm. I was carrying on as, you know, something I've learned. Yes. Yes. So interesting, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah you'll have, um, there'll be, there are 12 different profiles. And then the incarnation cross is essentially, incarnation cross is very, we, we kind of call it our, um, our job description, essentially. Oh. So you don't need to do anything about your incarnation cross. It's more of a, a holistic role of, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the potential that you have within this lifetime. So you don't really, you know, if you think of a job description, you're not, you're not kind of born into a job. You, you kind of are, um, yeah, you kind of arrive at a job essentially. So um, the incarnation cross is based on the, so if you're looking at your chart, the top two gates, so the top two planetary um, influences on the left and the right hand side mm-hmm. so the top gate is our conscious and unconscious sun and then the next gate down is our conscious and unconscious earth so mm-hmm. it's those four gates that make up our incarnation cross um, the incarnation cross it then gets quite complex because there's four different quarters mm-hmm. that the cross can be in. So that will give you another theme of the direction that your incarnation cross will take and how it kind of plays out for you. So whether it's about innovation, whether it's about um, civilization, duality or mutation. Um, but you don't really need to do, yeah, so you don't need to do anything about your incarnation cross. It's um, it, it really comes as a result of living your strategy and your authority. Sometimes, um, well, a lot of the time when you read more about your individual incarnation cross, it will resonate with you and you'll be able to kind of um, synthesise what that means for you. But again, it's not something you you need to do something about. It's not something that you can be in alignment with or out of alignment with. Um, And what can be helpful is to, obviously, the the incarnation cross is a combination of four gates that you have defined consciously and unconsciously, um, reading into the, the, the energy of the gates individually as well can be helpful to sit with and kind of contemplate that energy 
as well and how that shows up for you. And in a way, can give you like an idea if the job you're doing or the business you're building is is what's supposed to be, you know, is supposed yes, to be. Yes, yes. So is, is that under, yeah. Yeah. Is it um, supporting your kind of purpose here in this mm -hmm. lifetime? Yeah, that's that's so interesting. I'm really curious to have mine done. I'm really interested because mm -hmm. I feel like so many more things you can grasp from that. Because what I feel like... Absolutely. Because I'm a psychologist. I feel now it's clear to me that my path here is around healing. But I went through mm. this gate of healing through psychology and I didn't feel like I want to be defined so much about the rules and, you know, the regulations. So I didn't feel 100% mm -hmm. on that gate. And then I felt like, hey, let's try the, the coaching door. And then I feel like the coaching door is still a little bit too much on the mindset and analytical mm -hmm. mind. So it's not the door that I'm 100% in. And I feel like more I dive into the feminine energy and the things and, you know, getting in touch with your womb and your menstrual cycle is making more sense but I would not be here if I wasn't collecting all this information along the way but what yes. changed for me is now I feel like maybe what I think and you know once I done I can see if it makes sense but in my in my job here is around healing is our helping mm. the collective to heal and it doesn't really matter exactly which tool I'm going to choose as long as I can honor that job kind of thing. I don't know if it's just too crazy of me to think of that or if, you know, eventually it makes sense. Absolutely. No, it makes complete sense. And there are other, you know, that because there are so many gates and layers to your human design, there are other clues that you can get to um, like the, the level of, group and society that you're designed to really thrive in and how you can best serve um, serve people through your work as well so there's a um, the culture gate that that we can look at that that gives us those, those clues and, and where your gifts really lie with that as well so so many different um, layers that you can look at to really extract the I guess the energetic codes that really help support that purpose and that work that you're here to do. Mm, that's so cool I love that I think it's amazing it's an amazing uh, way to learn more about yourself and you know I feel so grateful that you're here with me and sharing your knowledge and everything so generously and you know like with an open heart so thank you so much for spending this time with me Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I could talk about this all day, so it's my absolute I know, pleasure. I know. <laughs> it's something that you feel like the more you know, the more you want to know. <laughs> yes, 100%. And for people who are listening to us, and if they want to work with you, what can they do with you? Can they do a reading? Or are you educating them about the human design? <laughs> How, what they should do? Yes, I, I offer reading, so I, I offer a foundation reading, which is more of an introductory reading, perfect if you're just getting started with your human design. And then if you are in business and you have your own business, I also offer a business reading or you can get what is called a deep dive, which is a combination of the two. And 
In addition to the readings, I also offer a six-week group experience where we, it's called Decode Your Human Design, and we really go through um, everything about your human design and how you can essentially redesign and reimagine your business to be more supportive of your unique energetic blueprint. Wow, that's that's amazing. If I just knew this before, <laughs> it would make such a difference, I guess, you know, like to know exactly the, the buttons to push and, and the way mm. to go to avoid mm. so much suffering or, you know, pain that's not really necessary for our, for our growth all the time. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Okay, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I'm sure we can uh, catch up. And I was thinking, well, you told me two cool things today. And two highlights were all the reflectors can be my clients. And the sad one is like they are only 1% of the population. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting. I, I, I thought, wow, where, you know, I hope one day I get to, to know or I um, get to work with a reflector. And then when I started um, doing readings, I, I, I discovered that, um, you know, two of the people in my existing network were reflectors and I was wow. so excited. I was like, ah, <laughs> this is That's so amazing. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah. like super yeah. special. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. We chat soon, Kat. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you and I hope this episode helped you to see things in a different perspective or maybe even inspire you to change something that has been bothering you for a while. If you feel that it moved to you in any way, please do share with your friends, with anyone that you think might need or social media or anything that you feel that should be done if you'd like to work with me in a different platform please get in touch my email is hello at robertacrosley.com thank you so much i really appreciate you bye